This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Smith. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, November 23rd. Today, we are re-airing part two of my discussions with Be the Sun and Not the Salt author Dr. Harry Cohen. It's part of our effort this week to talk about thanks in the spirit of Thanksgiving later this week. Be sure to also tune in tomorrow for a new episode with Harry, the last episode of Daily Drive for 2021, where we'll talk about the power of having gratitude and giving thanks. In the meantime, here's part two of my discussion from earlier this year with Dr. Harry Cohen. On this piece, I'm I'm actually going to you know a little bit of vulnerability here with the with the folks that 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 uh, listen in. Um, one of the things that I've always kind of taken pride in myself and working with others and as a professional is that I work hard to remember people's names. There are people yeah. ten years ago, fifteen yeah. years ago that I run into that. I still remember their names, and that is on purpose. The vulnerable part is that I would say that over the last 12 to 18 months, I've lost some of that. I found myself in conversations where I've, I've, I've inadvertently misspoken, called people by their, their, their wrong name. And number one, it's embarrassing, but it's one of those things where I thought that I was very I was the sunshine in a lot of that, right? When you ran into people mm-hmm. you haven't seen in years, hey, Mary, hey, Sue, hey, Jim, those type of conversations. So, you know, one of the things, and I don't know if there's a question here, but I'd love your your your, your comment if you have mm-hmm. any. One of the takeaways that I'm going to take from this conversation is that I'm going to focus on that one thing again to get back to that to that moment that I can tangibly point to over and over and over and over again that I created sun for people simply by remembering their name. And and so Beautiful. I want to thank I want to thank you number one for for sharing that reminder that it focus on one thing it be it kindness or whatever because I'm going to yeah. use that as a as a lesson out of, out of today's conversation. And, and it's beautiful because if you, you if you remember to use someone's name deliberately, like I'm going to remember to use someone's name deliberately, it's a wonderful tiny gesture of respect. By the same token, if you forget someone's name, it's also a demonstration of respect and authenticity and genuine vulnerability to say, I'm sorry, I'm a little embarrassed. I forgot your name, but I want to remember it. Try my best to remember it. Would you mind telling me? I'll tell you your name. And and they will appreciate the fact that you were straight up. You were honest. You forgot their name. You're trying. No harm, no foul. People appreciate when people are trying, genuinely trying. That's all we can do. Somebody gave me a great quote. It's actually an ancient uh, ancient quote. It's, our job is not to repair the world, but our job is to try. I love that. So you don't have to remember every single person's name, but maybe you could try. And when you forget, cut yourself some slack. Forgive yourself, Steve, and say, hey, I'm pretty good. I could be better. I'm sorry. I forgot your name. Beautiful. What a lovely man. The dude wants to remember my name, but he forgot. And he's okay about, you know, forgetting and he has no harm. No, it's no, no problem to ask your name again. And by the way, you can forget again. That's such good permission that, that you're offering to folks. And, and, and quite honestly, I think yeah. that ties a lot to 
one of the chapters in your book or one of is is being the bright spot in the room. And one of those principles in that chapter is apologize well. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think for many folks, me included, it's scary, right? We've been in those situations. You get the voice in the back of your neck, your back of your head, your neck, your hair starts to stand up. You feel like you <laughs> failed and all of these things. I mean, it's a scary moment. Um, tell I us a know. little bit, talk a little bit about apologizing well and why that vulnerability of saying I was wrong and I'm sorry is so important to creating sunshine. Well, everything, you already said everything. Okay. The truth is that it works. It works because when it's authentic, people are genuinely appreciative of our acknowledgement of our faux pas, our absolute taking responsibility for our boo-boo, our mistake, our transgression, our thing. And they cut us some slack for the, well, I appreciate the fact that you owned it and you're going to work on it. Lovely. It is so beautiful. It is hard to do for lots of reasons. Okay, mostly it has to do with ego and our desire to be right and not be yeah. wrong and mm-hmm. long historical experiences of getting away with not apologizing and a lot of modeling of crappy apologies, false apologies. You know, I, I write in my book several different fake apologies. I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, all the ways that people um, don't apologize but use the, the, the fake expression of apology. It is powerful. And again, this one takes practice. Again, you have to first look at yourself and go, oh, damn it. I made a boo-boo. Okay, that one's hard because most people don't even see when they do make a boo-boo. And then you got to belly up and say, okay, what do I do about it? Maybe I just won't do anything about it. I'll just, you know, do the next right thing. But it does take courage um, to go right up to a person and say, I screwed up. This is a couple of years ago, but I told the story because it was profound for me. I was really anxious about a medical appointment. I went into a hospital and I walked walked to the receptionist and said, you know, we're... uh, um, Dr. Lisi's offices, and they said, um, and your name is, gave my name, and uh, is this for a medical appointment? No, I'm at a hospital. Yes, it is, and your address is, okay, and, and uh, are you sure you have an appointment with him? So three or four questions later, I turn around and, and call my primary physician and say, what hospital is it? And then, oh, sorry, I was at the wrong hospital. So I walk out, I'm getting my valet car, and I, and I realize, you know, I wrote this book. I go back in, and I walk up to the receptionist and I say, listen, I want to apologize for being short and somewhat rude with you this morning. I'm anxious about this appointment, but that's no excuse for me being rude to you. And I watched her face completely soften and change. And with a sort of a sweet smile of compassion, she looked at me and said, thank you. I really appreciate that. Good luck with your appointment today. And it was so beautiful because it was her, like just making me feel good for me going back and apologizing to her. And it was just as easy and as hard as that. And I've often said, does it really make a difference that I apologize to that receptionist? You betcha. It mattered to her. It matters to me. And I want to be that person. I want to be that person that, that, you know, a doesn't need to, but when I do, I want to have the guts to say, I'm sorry and mean it. So the practice of it is is really where it comes down to. Everyone, I believe, knows this, you know, how to apologize well. I mean, it's a, my, my book is written in two-page chapters, so you can read the whole book in 30 minutes. But it's pretty standard. It's the doing that makes the difference, Steve. It's not knowing this stuff. It's doing it. 
Yeah, I would. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the story you just told it 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 didn't take a lot of time, right? Probably took you five ten minutes to walk back in and and, <laughs> I and know. probably a ninety second conversation in 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 yeah. your apologizing. But I mean, the fact that you you still remember it today, you still remember how you yep. felt. You know, I did to to, yep. to you know. Um, evoke uh, Maya Angelou and how you felt, right? You still remember that. I'm sure the receptionist still remembers how you felt that day as well. So on the grand scheme of things, of all the millions of things that we have to do and take our attention every day, the fact is that five or 10 minutes still continues to have an impact today, which I think is an important lesson learned or important learning there. And, and uh, you know, I take it to heart when I'm late for a Zoom call or late for a meeting. I don't like it. Tardiness is one of those things that you know, stimulates me to get irritated with others. Huh, wonder why. And when I'm late, <laughs> I really, I really lean into my genuine apology, not as an excuse, but really to ask for a, you know, ask for forgiveness, try and make amends and literally say, listen, it's not okay that I came late. I'm not apologizing to say it's okay. So let's get on with it. But really, I don't want to do that again. And I like that I can do that because I'm not done. I'm not done working. I'm you know, I'm still working on myself and this apology business is important, you know, not to get good at screwing up and then apologizing, screwing up and apologizing, but, but not screwing up as much. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all make mistakes, but it's, uh, so let's talk a little bit. How do you move on after that? One of your books, chapter, right. one of your chapters, chapter 18 is do the next right thing. And in there you write, you apologized. Now move on. Say what you said. Yeah. Do what you said you were going to do, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you move on um, after apologizing? Yep. This is extremely important for self and others, which means do not beat a dead horse. Oh, my God. This is uh, – I just did this in a meeting yesterday, and I need to apologize. I didn't. I will. Moving on, you know how we get stuck on something and we can't let it go? Well, uh, this, I heard this just I read this recently. Uh, um, forgiveness is one of those things that we can practice, and not forgiving is like holding a hot coal and throwing it at someone. We're the ones who get burnt. We're the ones who get burned. Mm -hmm. And the idea of moving on is let it go, dude. Let it go. Let it go and move on. That's a that's a practice. Move on means it's done. Why are we talking about that still? Move on is let us talk about what we can do now. What do we do now? Talking about the past is only relevant as it relates to, uh-huh, and what are we going to do now? That's effort and discipline too, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't take more effort than anything else to say, let's move on. Because part of that is, you know, you keep dumping salt then on your roots, right? If you keep, if you don't move uh -huh. on, et cetera, et cetera, right? And and maybe that clouds sticking with the sun, right? Maybe that that clouds the opportunity for sunshine to peek through on a day-to-day -day basis. 100%. You've seen it. You've seen it in meetings where people keep bringing up some kind of negative thing that was already beaten into glue. Why is he, bring, why is he bringing that up? It's not helpful. It's only causing more distress. Come on, we got to be better at that. And moving yeah. on is a good thing to practice to your point. Well, how do you do it? You keep doing it. It's, this is a Nike thing. You got to just do it. And you it know, gets easier the more forgive? you practice. Like, that's, that's right. That's right. And like forgiveness, like how do you forgive somebody? Well, practice it. Let go, dude. Have you really forgiven? 
well, you're still bringing it up. It doesn't sound like you have. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to keep hearing it. You know? Yep, go, absolutely. So go. let's talk about the flip side. We talk about I'm sorry. We okay. talk about apologize. Yeah. How about thank you? You write about speaking oh. fluent gratitude. We've talked about it a little bit already today. This this importance of gratitude. Let's start with how being thankful and appreciative creates sunshine for yourself. Um, you know, First how, of all, how do you do that? Well? Gratitude. Thank you, Steve. This gratitude material is more profound than people realize. It is considered a, a meta virtue and like the highest of all virtues because it a lot of other things come from it. If you practice gratitude in any form or fashion, any form or fashion, that's saying thank you, that's counting your blessings, that's being appreciative with word or deed. Those are different forms of gratitude and appreciation. Any kind of practice where you appreciate others or appreciate something or are thankful and express it causes a ripple effect in you and other people. You tend to see things differently when you express gratitude, when you practice gratitude, when you speak fluent gratitude. So saying out loud, I appreciate you or I love you is the practice. Well, I think, you know, the old joke, oh, I told my spouse I loved her when we got married. If it changes, I'll let her know. I mean, that's just rude. Mm -hmm. This appreciation, authentic appreciation and expression of gratitude is a muscle like everything else. It must be used or else it atrophies. So the expression of gratitude, you can do that on a daily basis. Tell someone how much you appreciate them. Start every meeting with something that you see that you're that, that someone has done well. Okay. Look for things. Scan the environment for things that you are both grateful for and appreciative of and that you can say out loud. So you practice saying thank you. You practice saying, hey, I really appreciate specifically what you did or even better, specifically who you are. I mean, you can appreciate someone's behavior. Very nice. Or you can appreciate someone's character even better. And then you can go deeper and appreciate their, their, uh, their entire contribution to your, to your life. I said this to somebody just recently. I'm getting older in life. And, and as, as you get older, you start to realize that, you know, you're in the final quarter. So I'm, I'm, it's easier for me to say how much I appreciate people in my life now. I'm not sure if I understood that. Um, earlier in my life. And all these ancient studies and new studies have shown that the secret to happiness and success in life is is cultivating and, and investing in healthy, positive relationships, personal and professionally. Well, hell, this is it. Pouring on the genuine appreciation and gratitude for those relationships is one way to both nurture them and get the fruits of them. In the mm -hmm. moment, it's not like one day you'll get those fruits. This is how you get those fruits, by expressing your appreciation for them and what they bring to your life and or your organization. It takes practice because culturally, people have all kinds of stupid notions about what expressing thanks and gratitude means. Oh, you're just trying to get... Um, a raise. Oh, you're just trying to curry favor. Oh, they'll they'll stop working hard if I praise them. Oh, 
They already know it. I don't need to say it. Oh, they think they think it's a sign of weakness to show how much I love someone. Wrong, 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 wrong. Okay, so yeah. just because you were taught incorrectly, I'm here to tell you correctly. This is how you do it. Like this. There you go. Now there, go forth and do good. We can't do it enough, my friend. I mean, Steve, this is not something that you like. Uh, like, okay, I I figured out how to be grateful and appreciative. Wrong. Good that you figured it out. Now keep doing it and <laughs> do it even more better and help others to speak fluent gratitude. And whenever you see somebody expressing gratitude or appreciation, you shout it from the rooftops. Hey, I wanna, yeah. th- this is what that that um, the leader of that large dealer group shared with me. He said that was what the the GM shared with him, and then it and then it was contagious like crazy in a good way. And again, oh, culturally, we're taught that you're not supposed to. You don't want to praise to be, you don't want to praise people too much. Really? <laughs> we'll be right back with more. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for trade appraisals missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves. From appointment scheduling through final confirmation, all in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for both CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service link. GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. So, so I want to talk to something around this notion that you have around do more of that. It's a chapter in your book. Mindy Holman in her foreword of your book talks about memorable moments where she can hear you saying do more of that. What does that mean? What tell, Talk to us uh, about do more of that. The entire book could be called do more of that. And I love and respect Mindy so much. And she was gracious enough to write the foreword. And in the forward, she says, in that heartbeat of a moment, that's where this comes down to seeing that split second where we can be our better version of ourselves. And when we are, that's it. Drop the mic. Do that some more. It's no more than that. And I love it myself because it's looking at the strikes and spares. It's looking at your own life. And, and, and the video of your life and say, see that strike, that strike and spare that you just bowled? Do that. Same guy. Beautiful. So it's looking at our own behavior that we just exhibited, demonstrated, and say, Harry, that's it. Do more of what you just 
did. Period. No more. Validation, it's support, it's it's confidence, it's all of those things. It's all of those things. And when you said earlier about confidence and competence, confidence is a direct result of competence. When you are competent at anything, you feel naturally more confident. Mm -hmm. And the more you get good at this, being your best self, you will then feel more confident that you can because your demonstration of competence allows you to do that. You didn't make it up that you were magnificent in that meeting. You were. That's what we're talking about. That's the beauty of this in that you don't have to be anyone else. You have to be yourself, but the self that is great. Yeah, but I'm only great like 60% of the time. Awesome. Go for 61%. That's Focus the on the good stuff. Yeah. Focus on the good stuff. Yeah, but I'm only good 60, well, 60 out of 100. Oh, dude, go for 61 out of 100. And you say, well, that doesn't really matter. It sure as hell does. That's the cool part. Do more of what you do when you're being wonderful. And the behaviors are very real. It's not, it's not something uh, that you can't define. You showed up on time. You were helpful. You were friendly. You were patient. You were thoughtful. You were all those virtues. You were, you know, you were generous. You were firm. You were clear. You were concise. Wow, that was beautiful. You were prepared. Mm-hmm. You were all those things. And that's what I mean by do more of that. Do that stuff more. Be who you are already. And I love it myself because it's it's no more than than the whole kit and caboodle. You say, were you a good person in the last five minutes with that interaction with that person? Yes, I was delightful. Great. What did you do? Well, I, you you know, I greeted them. I called them by their name. I smiled. <laughs> I shook their hand. You know, that's it. You know, you're chuckling. That's it. Well, there yeah. you go. There you go. It's not hard. That's it's it. mindful. It's being mindful of those things. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's you write about don't hang with cilantro. What do you mean by that? <laughs> so there's a gene for some people, anyone who know, who has this gene knows what I'm talking about, which makes cilantro taste like soap to them. For you and I, cilantro tastes like a unique spice. It's an herb and it tastes the way it does. But for some people, ugh, it tastes awful. They can't eat food that has cilantro in it because it tastes weird. And some people are like cilantro for us. They are salt on our roots. They are toxic for whatever reason. Okay, for us, they are not good company. They are not good for us. They are uh, vexations to the spirit. They are toxic to us for one reason or another. And so if there are people for whatever reason, let's say, you know, you were abused by this person, you know, earlier in your life, get, get away from that person. Don't mm-hmm. be around that person. There are certain people that are not going to be good for you. Please as much as you possibly can, protect yourself from them. Now that's, again, a metaphor. If you want to protect a garden from varmints, you have to put a fence around it so that the varmints don't eat up your vegetables or that people don't come in and trample your vegetables. I'm saying the same thing. Some people are bad for us. They trample on our roots. Or they make us feel horrible. 
And if you can identify those people and say, I need to create a healthy boundary to protect myself from them, then you can do so, including family members. Now, you can respectfully create those boundaries. There are many ways to create boundaries. That's what a door is. And a locked door is a different boundary. You know, you can have a brick wall. You can have a door that opens and closes. You can have a glass door. You can, you know, many different ways that you can say, no, I don't want to hang out with you. Many different ways. I don't want to converse with you, hang out with you, be employed by you, employ you, be in a meeting with you. Again, you want to be respectful and professional, but at all times protecting your roots. That's what I mean by don't hang with cilantro. Be mindful of the environment in which you are in, personal and professional. And some people, you know, they need to have guidance and permission to get out of abusive relationships. And abusive relationships are on a continuum, you know, from horrible mm -hmm. to psychologically abusive. And I would say, look, I'm a shrink from, from way back, but a good parent and a good friend and a good, you know, priest would tell you the same thing. Please don't hang out with people that are hurtful to you and damaging to you and harmful to you and disrespectful to you and unkind to you and make you feel like garbage. Please don't hang out with those people. And that's what I mean by don't hang with cilantro. If you Absolutely. know that certain people are not good for you, oh my God, make a plan and get out. Surround yourself with positive, sunshiny people. Absolutely. Or people who are uplifting to you in any way, shape, or form. There's, sometimes people misinterpret positive, sunshine people. The metaphor is sun on leaves. It's not fake, fake, hi, how are you? fake sunshiny. That's inauthentic. And I find, you know, fake uh, sunshiny people salt on my own roots because I find it, you know, um, there's an expression, toxic positivity, which is fake positivity. I was talking to a dear friend this weekend who is grieving for the loss of his wife. And my role as a friend was to sit and listen to him be sad and express his sadness. And I can easily fall into giving, you know, positive advice about how to live a good life. And I didn't because it wouldn't have been appropriate. Mm -hmm. My job in that context as a dear friend was to listen to him without judgment, with acceptance and love for his pain, because it's real pain, and, and honor his grief. And so I want, you know, people to understand that what sun is, is authentic, uplifting vibes if you will yeah all the word. virtues all you know what i mean like like all the virtues that we know people who uplift us look at them and go why do they make us feel great like we can run through walls and we'll work harder and longer for them why why do we want to be around them and the answer is many different things that they do who they are and how they express who they are makes us feel like I want to work for him or her. I want to, I want to be my best self for her. I mean, Mindy Holman is that for me. You know, I, I aspire to be as magnificent as she is now. If she hears this, she'll be embarrassed by that because she's so humble. But the truth is, she's a good person. And, and, and I know that. And it makes me want to be a good person myself. And I'm already a good person. I want to be a better one. It's contagious in many respects, right? 
Exactly. It is contagious in a good way. And by the way, all this stuff is contagious. Salt is contagious and sun mm. is contagious, right? Yep. You can yep. uplift someone, which makes somebody else feel better. You can make somebody feel crap and then they can make somebody feel crap. And so it goes. And so it goes. I believe, Steve, that this is so simple and profound that I want more people to get this, practice it, spread it, and it becomes the way of the world. Hey, man, I'm trying to be the sun, not the salt. I'm sorry. I was a little salty trying to do my best. Yep, absolutely. Let's close with one more question. You've shared such wonderful insights and and perspective with our audience um, over the course of our conversation. Let's close with what should people do right now? They're done listening to our Mm -hmm. conversation. They're, 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 uh, you know, feeling motivated they want to be the sun and to themselves and and be the sun to those around them what if i'm scared what if i screw it up what should they do right now as their next step oh they can't do anything wrong as long as they try all they have to do is lean into this material in any way that they already do. The book, Be the Sun, Not the Salt, is available on Amazon. It's, I think I, we talked about it. it's back ordered because it's sold out. You can go to be the sun, not the salt.com. Those are, they're just resources that will help us, myself, and anyone else lean into this material. I wrote this book so that I wouldn't have to write another book or think about another thing. So, in answer to your question, try as best they can to uplift another person, period, full stop. Go hold the door for someone, smile at a stranger, uplift somebody and see what happens, period, full stop. You don't have to do anything other than be kind to a stranger, deliberately, more than you already do. There's more, but if you say, well, what can they, what someone can do to get started? You know, this is that, that beautiful text that my friend sent me this morning. You know, answer this question, which I love. Can I make this world a better place today? And the answer is absolutely. Well, how would you do that? Go help out your brother or your sister. Say thank you. Shake somebody's hand. It's good to see you. Those type of things. It's thank good you. To see you. It's good. Yep. Exactly. And I, you know, Steve, I, you know, I keep wanting to figure out how we can spread this. So I'm open to any ideas on how we can make this more contagious in the world, period. And I appreciate you so much for, for asking me to be a part of this. Let's help spread this, Steve. Thank you again, man. Absolutely. Harry, I want to thank you. Um, I can I consider you a, a friend. You and I have had long conversations um, on this. And, and um, when you and I spoke a couple of weeks ago preparing for today's conversation, I think it was early in the morning, you were out walking your dog as you do every morning and, and speaking with your, mm-hmm. with your sister. Um, by the way, terrific day, mm-hmm. just, just mm-hmm. terrific way just to start the day as, a, as in the sun, you know, by itself. But I, I recall the way that I felt that we hung when we hung up and saying, I feel like the sunshine already simply by the mm-hmm. conversation. And I mm-hmm. think that, so, is, uh, go ahead. 
No, I just feel good that you did that. So something in what I said or how I said it made you feel that way. I did some good that moment with you. And honestly, what I think I did was just, just, it's such a minimizing word. I listened to you, responded to you authentically with love and respect and shared what I found uplifting for myself in that moment and hope that you felt it too. I absolutely did. And I am sure that all of our listeners are going to see rays of sunshine after they listen to this conversation. Sir, thank you very much for being such a bright spot in 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 all sorts of folks' lives. And thank you for sharing your perspectives uh, and, and the lessons that you write in your book, Be the Sun, Not the Salt, are, are relatively easy to understand. Um, but as you say, they're hard to practice and they're hard to remember um, and do a little bit more every day. And, and the world will be a sunnier place, which I think given the way the world is right now, that is that is supremely important. Thank you, my brother. That's Daily Drive for Tuesday, November 23rd. Join us tomorrow for a new episode with Harry and the last episode of Daily Drive for 2021. In the meantime, for breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>